0: Hi there, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast Pandemic Edition. There have been a lot of
1: changes for everyone this past year, and that goes for us too. For one thing, we're stoked to join forces with the Period Network, an awesome crew of women making great podcasts and supporting each other in the process. As we get ready to put out
0: brand new episodes a little later this year, we wanted to share a few episodes that we already had in the can.
1: These were recorded before the world ended, so you won't hear us talk about the pandemic. But you will get a great conversation with a great comedian about their craft. So please enjoy these audio time capsules while you look forward to brand new episodes of Comedy Girl Crush.
0: everyone welcome to comedy girl crush
1: podcast i'm katie Dawson, and i'm nikki urban today's guest is maria felix we are so excited to have her on you can catch her work uh, at the comedy pachanga at the happy sappy grown-up hour and of course the bloody podcast maria thank you
2: for doing the show thank you for having me i'm so very excited we're
0: super excited to have you on um i have wanted to ask you to do this for a while really? and it worked out yeah yeah absolutely I I, I just ah
2: shucks
1: <laughs> and of course I think you're amazing uh so much so that you are the, <laughs> the head writer of the show that I came up with a year ago <laughs> uh and you are amazing uh I'm just gonna just start off the podcast right now by fangirling for a second at how it. like what a great writer you are and how (laughs) the like oh man you know there's like people when you're like you like hire somebody to come in and like direct your like sketch comedy show and they're giving you notes on the writing and they're all really fucking great notes like that's what happens every time I'm in a room where Berea is the head writer and she's giving notes on things and she's like so quick and knows how to turn it around really fast and then <laughs> take all of this material and make it like into this cohesive show and in in a very different voices for whatever it needs to be. And I'm just continuously impressed by you. Uh, yeah, All right. I am done gushing now. Let's find out how you got to be so awesome.
0: (laughs) I guess we'll start. Should we start with like the like, where are you from?
2: Yeah. Where are you from? Well, I was born in Orange, California. And then I grew up until I was 12 in Anaheim, California. So I'm an Orange County girl at heart. Uh, And then we moved briefly to Miami, and then we stayed there like less than a year, and then we moved back, uh, and then we moved back to um, California, and we lived in Victorville. And then after Victorville, we only spent like a year there. It's crazy. It's kind of nuts. And then considering, after Victorville, we moved over to Homeland, which is next to Hemet, which is kind of next to Temecula, where... You're from Katie, or yeah,
0: and uh, my grandma grew up in Hesperia. Oh so nuts! Yeah, yeah. My dad talks about Victorville all yeah, the time. Yeah, It's
2: terrible. Did he say how terrible it is?
0: <laughs> my dad loves <laughs> it, dude. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, to our listeners, if you're not familiar with the Southern California and Bodunk, Podunk, 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 Podunk town. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a one
2: horse town. Um, yeah. it's just it was it was hard for the only mexican girl around you know who is already super weird oh yeah
1: okay so pretty like what like pretty white population white
2: population there was actually a lot of latinos around but at the time not so much anymore because now there's so much of a population there at the time if you wanted to go see your friend you had to like definitely get a ride there was no like bus system really or anything like that i mean there was but i mean you're also 13 so right. you're not going to hop on yeah. a bus that has to go, like, 16 miles or something. That's, uh, So, yeah. So I am from Southern California, born and raised. So do you, did you kind of
0: discover, like, comedy at a young age, or was it a little later?
2: You know, it kind of started at a young age, and then it stopped for a long time. Because um, I remember I kept getting in trouble for being disruptive in class. Oh, and my mom yeah. was really strict with my with getting in troubleness. So... I got really scared once that happened. So I got really quiet around like the fourth grade. Okay. I got real quiet for basically the rest of my education. Oh my, oh my gosh. And I didn't do anything comedy related until after college. I moved out here to LA because um, I majored in psychology. It was not at all my plan to do comedy.
1: Oh wow. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so, yeah, after after that, after I finished my B.A., I was like, I need to give writing a shot one more time before I stop, because I, it was my original goal. I started with an English major.
0: Oh, that's what I did. Oh, what really? I was. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool.
2: And then my mom pointed out the impracticality of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I did psych and then I was like, I need to give writing one more try before I go in and get my master's. Um, then moved out to here to L.A and started in comedy started in production and here i am
0: dope so when you moved out here to do writing like did you want to write for tv or screenplays is that or did you want to do did you know what kind of writing you wanted to do yet i
2: didn't know i knew that um for college steve carell amy Poehler, and tina Fey were my best friends through the tv and that's all i knew so i knew i wanted it to be comedy but i had no idea of structure i didn't have like a a background in like you know film studies or anything like that so i was like i have no idea what you do here and i didn't have anyone adjacent to me to explain any of that so i moved out here with the idea of just learning and then deciding
1: what was it that like made this uh idea come into your head that you were going to move to los angeles proper what was the inciting incident for you to be like ah, this is it
2: i think because i sat down and I, I was um well i'll say i'll say this the big the big catalyst was actually a really sad event uh the day i graduated the day of my graduation my foster brother was killed and there was somebody i i you know i had helped raise him since he was 8 and he was 16 when he died so that thinking about him and how he would never be able to achieve anything in his life because he was gone and it got taken from him made me think about him um, if I was really doing what I wanted to do to my full potential and I wasn't because I knew that if I got my master's and then you get your PhD you know you have another eight years of school in front of you this and that so I just I you know I said to myself and to my boyfriend at the time like this is not what I want to do right now so let's try out LA let's try out the creative part of, you know, our brains and try to make it. Did you know anybody out here? No. 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 <laughs> I had like one friend that was my mom's friend. <laughs> so she's like 75 now.
0: <laughs> and then you did, did you have a job before you came or you just like moved and then and were like, I'm going to figure it out once I get there.
2: I did have a job. I was sorry about that. I had a job in Riverside because I went to UC Riverside. Um I had a job uh with children with autism. So I was a behavioral therapist with them and so I transferred that over to here. And I started with that as basically like a part-time as I started learning how to get into the business.
1: I'm going to I'm going to swing it back uh to <laughs> To, uh, to the the thing that we sort of just like glossed over of like oh okay well yeah okay very important person to you Doug. and that's the reason why you have to <laughs> um because i'm i'm curious about this um do you feel like that's something that still motivates you to this day absolutely
2: or... yeah cuz he was such a, a funny guy <laughs> <I'm not> cool it's <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <was> like cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um definitely i think about that a lot uh when you know when you have those days weeks when you're just down and you feel like an imposter and all that stuff like you're not really talented this and that um that's kind of i don't want to say the word creeps because that makes it sound like a good thing but that's when it jumps back into your into my mind of like hey you know this person who had a lot of potential that you loved so dearly that you considered your blood even though they weren't um will never have this chance mm-hmm. so i i just you know keep trying and stop whining <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah 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 it's crazy how out of like a tragedy like that like that's just such a uh, you said he was your foster brother. yeah
2: we had um when i turned 15 we had uh two little foster brothers i'm an only child between my parents so okay. we when I turned fifteen, we had two foster brothers, and then later we got t- two foster sisters so and then we raised them all, except for um the Adrian who passed away. We raised them all until they were eighteen. Do you
0: still talk, you still talk to your other
1: foster siblings? yeah,
2: yeah, on occasion, yeah, yeah
1: right on yeah, they're cool,
2: they're doing all right
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, good. Well, that's good, yeah, that's uh. That's, uh that must have been really... Inch- Did you know that they'd get to, like, stay with you the whole time? Or was was there worry while they were, like, staying with you and living with you? Um, was there a worry that they wouldn't be staying, be staying there, there anymore? anymore?
2: Well, you know, it's tricky. Because uh, they can, up to a certain point, they can make their own decisions. And uh, when you become a teenager apparently if you don't know much about your mother or your father you for some reason really want to know a lot more about them so it really didn't become um like a an anxiety until they were older and then they they started wanting to see their mom more and all that and and which was fine and understandable because they also had other siblings there wasn't just the two of them they had like four other brothers um and same with the girls they had four other sisters who were out of the system at this point so when they got to that point where they felt like they resonated more with their family which why not then we started to get scared like they might want to leave and at that point they can make that decision to say i want to go with my sister now who's out of the system but you know it's not always a good idea which is what happened with adrian is he decided i want to go with my mom but i mean her his mom runs with a bad crowd so that you know and he wanted to emulate him his mom and his older brothers and and he did and and you know he was killed because of it and was but he was just trying to be closer to to his family it's very sad
0: it's just so interesting like the relationships we have yes. with our parents are so complex they're so they're
2: the most complex relationship i think that we have of out of anybody we ever like come across. Cause they're your parent no matter what. And that can be a great thing or it could be a very terrible, terrible thing. And like the, the desire we have to
0: like have our parents like respect, you know, even it's like innate, yes. even if you don't know your yes. mom that yes. well, like you still want the person that brought you into this world to like think that you are great. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah, true. Totally.
1: Mine's out of spite for my dad. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like fuck you, dad. <laughs> I will succeed. <laughs> uh good times. So you have a pretty dark sense of humor. Do you feel like do you feel like that came at a very at a much younger age, or do you feel like as life progressed as you've reached like teenage years and shit starting to go down you're being a more aware of the world you feel like that influenced your dark sense of humor no
2: it's always been pretty dark um my mom got me into horror movies when i was like five um it was a mix with my mom and then my older cousin who would stick me in a room and put horror movies on until I cried and somebody else come and got me. <laughs> um, but yeah, my mom would show me like Halloween and um, um, Single White Female, all that stuff. And she showed it to me to show me like these are just movies. They're not real. Um That monster is fake, this and that. Uh, so that, I think that had a lot to do with it because, it, you know, it leans towards the more like macabre, horror-esque. And then um that just... Ever since I was little, I remember, like, there was always, I was always either watching horror or true crime. Yeah. So, that definitely influences, I think, everything I do. Mm. It's actually for, like, the happy sappy hour. Sometimes it's a struggle to to stay on the positive side. <laughs> because I, <laughs> and, you know, that's what we lean into into the show is that everything kind of comes around full circle to be a little bit more positive, We're a little more on the up and up, but Um, most of the time I my first instinct to end something is like and then he dies.
0: (laughs) Uh. That's always a really funny end to a (laughs) reason. I mean yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What were some of your favorite uh like horror and like True crime stuff that you watched as a kid because I was like obsessed with um unsolved mysteries. Yeah, that was great. Ooh. Yes, yeah. Best, yeah, Right, I loved his voice. It was so creepy. It gave me the. I know every
2: crazy time, crazy. time you heard him come on, he's like <laughs> Thursday, December tenth, and that's not a good impression at all. But it always started with a date. It always oh, <laughs> remember that. Oh, yeah. It was uh, definitely oh. America's Most Wanted, okay. and oh. I remember my mom told me really early on about his kid. Walsh's kid and how he started the show because his kid went missing. Whoa. I don't know. know Oh, yeah. That's the whole reason the show was started is um, his kid was kidnapped. Oh, shit. And so he was always on the hunt for him. And then eventually one, like years and years later, one serial killer claimed that he had committed the kidnapping. But it's likely not true because that serial killer, I think his, um, his name escapes me right now. Anyway, he he admitted to like three hundred crimes. Oh, uh, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs>
1: so he just he just wanted
2: some, some free meals in jail. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just wanted coffee and cigarettes. Ah, oh, it's gonna kill me. I can't remember his name. I want to say O'Toole, but whatever. We'll talk about it on the other podcast. <laughs> the other podcast,
0: which of course that makes so much sense that you would run a uh, true crime podcast, yeah. the bloody podcast. Yes. When did you guys start uh, start that Man, up? Man,
2: we started that back in like 2014 oh. and we did two episodes and then we never did anything. <laughs> 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 no, maybe it was like 2015, but we did like two episodes that year and then we never picked it up again and we kept meaning to and meaning to and then last year we got really serious about it and uh we said we got to stick to a schedule we got to put one out every week Lori my co-host Lori Roggenkamp she um she got a bunch of advice she's the one that really started the podcast she just brought me on because she knew I was a true crime aficionado and uh, we we um bonded over that and that's how we became friends I would say last year is when we got really serious about it Oh, yeah. Right on. Yeah. So um, I love it because it blends true crime and comedy.
1: Say a similar thing happened with this podcast um, where it was like started years ago and then I was like, ugh god that's work <laughs> but now i love work
0: work is it gets better when you get older yeah you know it's weird i relate to my parents so much more now like i'm just like listening to talk radio yeah <laughs> you know I
2: mean? yeah you thought you would never listen to npr and now it's like you know all the shows and stuff <laughs> i'm such a cherry glazer head <laughs> Uh, Yeah, but the work gets more rewarding as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. And I I feel like it fills that (laughs) that empty void inside of
1: us. Like anything to distract us from the...
2: Demons inside our brains. Yeah, the drugs stopped working like five <laughs> years ago.
0: <laughs> uh, so uh, speaking of comedy, uh, so when you moved out here, what was like your first kind of like, what was the first thing you did? What was your first sort of like toe in the comedy world?
2: Um, I did improv first. And do you guys know Bill Cott? Yeah. yeah. So I did the improv trick. Um, which is was his company, I think he still has classes actually, so shout out to the improv trick. <laughs> um, so yeah, I took I took like a day class there, and then I loved it. We did short form improv, you know um, and so then I, I signed up for for the rest of his classes, and then in turn, um, a friend Neil figuracion uh, recommended me just out of nowhere to be an intern at iOS. Yes, yeah. So then I got my internship at iOS, and then I started classes there, and then it kind of took off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the internships are a great way to, like, just start taking classes. Yeah. Um, that's what I did at UCB. It was, like, as soon as I moved here, I just got lucky because I knew tech, so they gave me an internship pretty quickly. Oh, nice. And that's how I did all of my classes. Yeah. Nice. I paid for all of my classes. That yeah, way. it's nice to be a
2: nerd because then they're like, Oh we can help we you can use you. You're not just like a <laughs> dumb comedian. Yes. <laughs> you have a skill set. yeah <laughs>
0: um yeah it was great i was i was like this is awesome i don't i can't because i would not have been able to pay for it
1: otherwise oh no yeah
2: way. no yeah. no way no way yeah no no yeah, no no, no. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> i
1: interned through the, through the pack through a lot of the classes at the pack and then also through ucp yeah well.
2: i've interned through all of it yeah um yeah. i got io and then i got second city and then i interned at the pack um and I just got a scholarship for UCB, so that'll be fun.
1: Oh, yes. congratulations! Thanks. Cool. Have you taken very classes? Cool. There? No, I'm very excited. Oh, oh super yeah. cool! Yeah. What are you gonna take?
2: Sketch. So, yeah, so. do sketch. Um, I was gonna say though that what's crazy is when before I started at IO, I had seen a couple of shows there. So obviously, I wanted to like be up there and like play with these people. And one of the shows, one of the first shows I saw, Nikki was in. What? um i've told you this story like a million times (laughs) i know Uh, i'm just gonna act like uh, i don't remember i'm telling katie (laughs) yeah (laughs) she was playing with um gian molina who has also passed away sad sad, but um Mm. yeah but she was playing with him for like a show during the holidays when no one's in town uh called gian and friends and there was just like a bunch of like just like legendary people on stage you know like people that are just great at improv and that was one of the first shows that made me want to be like i ain't want to come here <laughs>
1: man that's so cool nikki that was you, that was you. Oh. <laughs> i was uh, definitely not a legend fyi <laughs> i don't know why i was up there with these people <laughs> I, well i know why but- Nikki,
0: you're a, you're a legend. You're a legend. You're oh, a legend. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Stop, You've going. got legendary status. If okay. you say
2: the name I'll Nikki Urban around town, everybody's like, oh, yeah,
0: Nikki.
1: Truly, truly.
2: Except for all those people who don't know him. <laughs> Except for Hollywood. Come on. Hollywood.
1: Hollywood. <laughs> this isn't about me. This is about Maria. <laughs> we can cut all of that out. Uh, we are here to talk about you. Um, so you are constantly working yeah. and doing stuff. Uh, do you do you ever get days off from <laughs> doing comedy?
2: Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think we're all in the same boat of like you have to carve out a Sunday or something. Something where you're trying or you know when you don't have to pick up the laptop and like work on something but uh, I do get days off here and there but I've noticed that when I have too many days off in a row that's actually when the sinking feeling starts coming in Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Like I feel worthless because I'm not doing anything. So I've noticed throughout my patterns that like it's like I'd rather be stressed out worrying about four things to do five things to do then it becomes ten things to do on you know by like wednesday then knowing that i have absolutely nothing to take to worry about outside of my regular job you know
0: yeah mm. i i i that's definitely not an exaggeration either, because you do so many things. Like, <laughs> like between being head writer for the Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour, and then doing your podcast, and then the Pajanga comedy, um, the, nightcap. the Nightcap,
2: the Nightcap, and then the stuff in, you know, the shows in between.
0: That was where I first saw you, by the way, the Nightcap, and your um your character is so funny, and your jokes were so funny, and I was just like, it just was like. It it was perfect. You know what I mean? It was ah, it's, just, it's a just a perfect character, character. it's a perfect okay. bit. I'm like obsessed with it. It's great.
1: Maria's the cocktail waitress for the nightcap, um, and comes and gives tips.
2: Yes. You know yeah.
1: you got any memorized? You can spit at us. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, if you're if you're like me, you memorize for the show, yes. and then it leaves your brain I after told- to make room for other things. <laughs> I mean,
2: I can pull up the dock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I can't imagine that you do get a lot of free time. It's got to feel like, I imagine it feels really good when you do get those day
2: offs. Oh, it's the best. Are you kidding? I, I tend not to move. And
0: <laughs> I feel like that's better too, right? Like having it be like a thing you get to look forward to instead of a thing you feel stuck. Doing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And the, I'm trying to find the balance to it too. Uh, over the last year, I realized that I was, I was overstuffing my schedule. Therefore nothing got the best of my potential. Uh, you know, if, if you're doing like five sketch shows then you're not bringing your best to that's to those writing meetings or anything like that. Uh, a month but um it uh it's it's just striking that balance between resting enough to recuperate from what you're doing all the time and you know doing that stuff and and trying just really just trying it takes sacrifice because you want to there's certain things you want to do like i'm not on a, um a pack theater house team anymore and every time i hear about one it gives me like a little pang a little bit because I'm like, man, I want to be on the team. But then I realize I wouldn't have any more any time for that team. And that's exactly why I left my team, you know. Um But that FOMO's real. FOMO is real. Yeah, it's real. real. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Even if you know that it's like something that you can't do and you don't have time. Exactly. For. Yeah.
2: And I feel like I just live in FOMO because
1: there's just not enough hours in the day to do all the things or see all the things or be part of it yeah what do you what are you enjoying getting to do right now like what's your what what's like
2: really getting your goat stand-up stand-up's good stand-up's a it's a new world for me because I was an improviser and then uh you know sketch and I would I would always say like I I can't do stand-up it's too nerve-wracking but then you know it's like well I did all this other stuff so why not try this thing? So stand-ups, uh, going, it's going great. I'm having a lot of fun with it and trying to find nice. that, that comedian voice for myself on stage. Um, the podcast is probably my my number one. It's it's what I think about every day. Um, I work on it nearly every day because it's a research-based podcast. So that really makes me happy. It feels really rewarding every time we... Like, finish researching an entire topic, you know? Mm. um So, there's that. And of course, the Happy Sappy Hour. Like, you chose me as head writer for the Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour, and I had no idea how I would be head writer of a show. But I feel like over the last year, because we've been doing it a year now, yay! Yay! I really found my footing as a head writer, as a leader of, of the room. Cause like at first when somebody would like, <laughs> when somebody would like do something that annoyed me, I would like react. Like I feel maybe like a classmate and be like, this person kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but now uh, I, I try to shift that perspective and look at it more as like, this person is relying on me to make them feel included in the room Mm. and like all these people in here are like well you've been you know you're the head writer now so where are we going with this Mm -hmm. um so it's a lot of fun every month that all that stuff's getting me going you know um at at my jobby job i work (laughs) i work over at viacom as a production coordinator i've been there a little over a year as well and you know every job has its ups and downs but right now um they've given me some a little bit of freedom so I'm writing on the um the YouTube channel for all that. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. So check that out. It's all this on all that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: on YouTube? That's
0: it's awesome. the that's the like re- all that reboot. Yeah. Uh yeah, which is so freaking it's cool. It's really
2: man. cool. It's crazy. Um they yeah. brought back some of the old sketches like Good Burger and all that. Who
1: was it that did Ross Perot? I think it was Amanda Bynes. Yeah. She was a she was a legend. Yeah. I didn't
0: really know who Ross Perot was, and that was like the funniest fucking thing in the world.
2: <laughs> yeah, <me>. same here. <laughs>
1: yeah. So uh so what's it like um getting to write for kids?
2: Well, I don't see the kids, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like being in that voice of like, okay, what will appeal to this like generation? Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a you know it it does involve more research because I don't I'm not ah. up to the times with words and things. Like the other day, I had to do a bunch of research on Fortnite. And, you know, oh, I was like, yeah. I, I haven't played this. Um, so it's fun though getting to do that, and then you know kids are so smart. Like you you write in your own voice and then you tweak a couple of things here and there. But, and for this type of content, especially cause it's still sketch and the kids are a little older. You don't really have to like dumb it down at all or, um, you know, write five word sentences for two year olds, anything like that. So, I mean, it's great. It's fun. Um, just writing. Uh, I write with, um, the producer, Andrew Fernandez. He's, it, you know us in the room it's just it's a lot of fun
1: that's so awesome congrats on that i think that's that's new news for me it's very new it just started last week Woo-hoo. oh congrats nice. Congratulations! Yeah, that's super exciting uh, it's like oh all this time slaving away at my writing and now it. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's like a uh, like a dream thing did you watch did you you did watch it as a kid yeah all hell yeah. yeah isn't that crazy <laughs> it's
2: yeah. like a mini snl like yeah, writing it's like yeah. getting snl but the mini version of it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. far less stressful don't yeah don't have to move
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> live somewhere that is awful i mean i love new york <laughs> i do love new york but like people point out to me all the time that i like love it because i know it in a tourism context i think that's oh, why
2: okay. i like it too yeah, okay. yeah you don't have to live there oh uh, well tell us about the uh, comedy pachanga the comedy pichenga is something uh, I don't know. We you can say it both ways. Uh, don't don't think that I'm saying it correctly. Uh, I'm just saying. It. Um, I started with them really this year, and it's it's super cool because I've never had um, multiple experiences with Latinos. I think ever, besides my family, you know, like family events and all that, where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of Latino kids, you know, like, and mm-hmm. then I was always like the weird kid. So even yeah. the Latinos around, like, they were like, you're not our kind of Latino. <laughs> so <laughs> you go have your white friends. <laughs> um, so it's the first time I've gotten to work with um, like minds, you know, that it's it's like 20 20 of us at any given point you know um, there's so many people in that group I don't even know and um, it's it's a project that the the two founders Richie and Fernando they care a lot about um, and I have to admit at first I was like ah it's just gonna be another one of those groups where like everyone's like gung-ho about doing stuff but then nobody ever does anything kind of thing yeah and it's not I mean they've been going like strong for a year and then I joined them this year and um, they're hilarious it's it's fun to feel like i'm not the only weird brown kid around you know there's other ones that you know are theater nerds and are like you know musicians and all this stuff they don't like you know i grew up very much in like a traditional latin you know latino household where creativity is not normally very fostered Mm -hmm. um so because it's all about work 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 so having that now it's just like it's opened like a whole new world for me um this upcoming saturday i'm directing one of their shows which is awesome i'm directing um marcelina Xavier, which is another hilarious comic that maybe you should have on oh, wow. definitely <laughs> need to have marcelina on <laughs> she's on
0: she's on <laughs>
2: <laughs> and fernando the ne- fernando funes and they're having their two-man show two-person show i'm directing that so that's that's awesome very
0: cool what do you guys usually perform do you guys have like a regular show we don't have
2: a regular show date we've uh we kind of rotate around so the last show we did was the second city um and i think the next show will be in april
0: oh right on okay cool well this will definitely come out before april
1: (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) do you have any nuggets of wisdom for our our young viewers no (laughs) Let me re-ask that. <laughs> Do you have any nuggets of wisdom for our young listeners?
2: Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think I wasted a lot of time being quiet. So don't be quiet. Be super loud and get in trouble for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's some great advice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. I think especially like girls are kind of told, I don't know. Yes. I feel like girls are often like kind of told and treated like they should be like quiet M- and, yeah, exactly. and You see it in classrooms and like mm-hmm. yeah, if you're a girl, <laughs> be loud. Be loud as
2: hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for um this lovely interview with you. Uh you inspire and delight. <laughs> I feel
0: extremely privileged that I got to learn so much about you and so much about your life. Thank you so much for sharing well, thank you, guys. Um, that with us. Yeah. It, I, I, I'm feeling a little of a <laughs> No, but this, has been, this has been, I think, like a really beautiful kind of sharing experience. I, just, I really appreciate your time. Tonight. I
2: appreciate it because um, I lost my insurance so I don't have a therapist. So, <laughs> I thank you both. <laughs>